If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Welcome to Breathing Underwater. We are back and we have a live interpretation, which I'm really excited about because we haven't had one in the new year yet. And the first of the new year is very special because I have with me today my brother from another mother or I guess technically brother-in-law. So you are a brother just from another mother, mm-hmm. Jesse Beyer. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse. I know. I know. I heard that too. Or like a clap track, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Hi. Jesse and I got to spend the holiday together because he's married to my sister and they live in Washington state. I just was visiting them and God did a really cool thing and gave Jesse a very profound dream Christmas morning of all times. And Jesse ended up sharing it with me and a couple other of the family and it was just a holy moment. We were all really honored to be a part of God bringing revelation to the surface for Jesse about this dream and just witnessing, yeah, what God is doing in Jesse's heart and then dialoguing with him afterward. And so I finally said, I'd really love you to come on the podcast, but it was one of those dreams that felt so significant. I didn't want to rush it, but Jesse being Jesse was like, let's do it. Let's bring it on. So we're going to do it a little different today. I'm going to have him tell the dream. I'm going to tell a little bit about him in a minute, and then we'll go into the dream. I'll have him tell the dream, but because we've already interpreted it, I'm going to give you an overview of what we went through, and then we're just going to talk about it. Does that sound good, Jesse? Sounds great. Yeah, we're going to do that. Well, first and foremost, Jesse is my only brother, and I've always wanted a brother, and he married my sister 14 years ago? No, 13? No, only 10. 10, but you've been together 14? 13. 17. There it is. I knew it was in the teens. Dang. Long time. You guys were together seven years before you were married. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You have been together most of her adult life. I mean, Mm -hmm. you guys were really young and they have a really cool story of how they came together, which I won't totally go into now. Actually, can we tell just a little bit of that? Uh, I met her when I was living in Hawaii and she was visiting her friend. She was on vacation. And we met at this random party that I didn't really want to go to. (laughs) And her friend brought her there. She didn't really know anybody. And yeah, we met there, but I didn't really realize 
who she was. She was in fact this, she was the same girl that I was like gawking over a few days earlier at the beach. And so like a week goes by and I finally put it together. I was like, wait a minute, you were, you were the girl with the big sunglasses on That's over totally at her. the table. And she was like, yeah, she was like, you were that guy. She was like, I was looking at you. I was like, I told, I knew I told my friend you were looking at me, but he didn't, he didn't believe me. Of course. He was like, yeah, you're crazy. And then we left. I didn't have the guts to go say hi to a pretty girl. So, oh my gosh. That's like, that's like a short version of how I, we met. I her. don't think I knew the part that you had seen her before that. I just thought it was super yeah. epic that you met at a party and she was just visiting from out of state. No, I saw, I saw this girl across the restaurant sitting with her friends. She had long curly hair and big glasses on. And I have, I had my sunglasses on so nobody could see where I was looking <laughs> and I was with my friend sitting at the bar. I couldn't drink. I was drinking water and he just had like gotten off of work. This girl gets up and she walks, slowly walks by, like strutting. And I look over at my friend. I was like, she did that on purpose. You're running. <laughs> and, and he was like, no, she didn't. You're an idiot. Like, let's go. So we left. But sure enough, I asked Carrie. She's like, oh, yeah, I definitely walked past you on purpose. Oh, my gosh. I knew that you did. I did not know that detail. I knew we were supposed yeah. to talk about this. This is awesome. Yeah. I just thought it was really cool that you met when she was visiting. And because then she moved there six months later. Like, mm -hmm. you guys. They did yeah. long distance and then she full on left me. I'm still going through mm -hmm. that. Then she left me to be with you. Yep. And the rest was history. You guys had your first couple of years of relationship in Hawaii mm -hmm. and then moved to California where we all reunited and I forgave mm -hmm. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was 17 years ago. And so I have gotten the pleasure of knowing Jesse and really getting to know him. And he is just one of the most solid, authentic, deeply generous and present friends, brothers, husbands, fathers ever. And it's been really beautiful to watch Jesse's walk with God grow as mine has been growing too, as we all do, but it's been cool to, to be a part of his journey and you be a part of my journey. So it's extra special that yeah. we get to do this on this podcast and share this very special dream. So yeah. without further ado, we will jump into it. I will reiterate, it was Christmas morning, and you said at 5 a.m. on the dot, you woke up, looked at the clock, mm -hmm. and it was 5 a.m. Yeah. So significant. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and, and tell us the dream front to back, and then we'll do the interpretation thing. Okay. My dream started with me at a golf course, which is a familiar place for me. I go golfing a lot, mm -hmm. as you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I go golfing, I'll just kind of show up. I'll go alone and I'll just show up and you wind up getting like paired with a couple other guys. And so in my dream, I'm like at the clubhouse waiting to like, see if I can get on to play golf. And, um, it shifted from that location to, um, a very different, almost like a, like a fairgrounds type area where there was like a bunch of tables round tables and like a big check-in table and i was like in line to to box to fight and i never fought anybody in my life like <laughs> i punched i punched a kid named jeremiah in the stomach when i was <laughs> like a little kid one time when we were playing outside but i'm not a fighter like you know me i'm yeah i don't fight so 
in my dream, I'm like anxious and mm. um, just like confused, but I'm in line to to do this, to like fight somebody like mm. with boxing gloves and everything. And um, the one line that I was in kind of turned into two lines. And as I looked over, you know, it was like, as you got closer, the person that was in the other line, like that's who you would fight. You both would like get to the front and then they have you go fight each other. And so like, as I looked over the guy that was in the line next to me was, um, I remember feeling intimidated by him. He was, um, I don't know if he was like necessarily my size, but he just looked like strong and he had tattoos yeah it wasn't necessarily big like you know i'm not i'm not huge i'm like the world's tallest man in spongebob combined you are he is six four you are not a small human but he he was kind of walking up as i was walking up and somehow within that time like i got him to like me somehow i don't remember that we like said anything but like there was just this sense of this guy like he wasn't looking at me and thinking like, I'm going to be- beat you up. He was it, it kind of, I just got the feeling that this guy maybe wasn't all that horrible, but he was still intimidating. And so we get to the front and I like start to check in and he just kind of turns and walks away. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling relieved, like glad I don't have to fight that guy. <laughs> um, I still didn't know who I was going to fight, but I finished signing up and the next place i had to go to was like to get my gear and so i leave that table and i go over to what i would describe as like a coat rack type table area where um the guy at that desk was familiar familiar from from tv he was he's actually a uh a character on Saturday Night Live. Mm. And um he gave me he gave me like this onesie, like a wrestling type onesie. Mm-hmm. And um it was red and it had like pads on the thighs. Mm. And so I take it and I kind of go off to the side and change, I guess. And so I change and I'm still feeling like rushed a little bit and just not fully comfortable. And in the dream, um, I was wearing glasses and I don't usually wear glasses. I've worn contacts since like seventh grade. I wore, I wore glasses starting in second grade, but I never like wear glasses all, all day long. Yeah. But in the dream, I had glasses on. So I take them off because like I can't fight with glasses on. So I take off my glasses and it's blurry and I immediately put them back on. I'm like, I can't do this. I need my glasses on. If I'm going to fight, I got to have my glasses. I got to be able to see. Mm-hmm. And I finish getting ready and then I take them off again because I remember feeling, dude, if you're going to fight, like you can't fight with glasses on, man. Like you've got to take your glasses off. So I take them off and I kind of look and it's blurry, but I remember the feeling of like, mm. okay, you can do this. Mm. Like, although it's blurry, you can do this. Mm. So I then walk over to 
like where to go in. And again, it's like a, it's like a, like a tent area of a fairgrounds, you know, fairgrounds have like different tents with yep. like yep. different things going on. It's it was like kind of like this like tented area, bunch of like round tables and like not a lot of people, but like some people there like watching other people just like walking through. Um, but the boxing room was up high. It was like elevated up high. I go over by where like we get in and in front of me is like this smaller guy and he's like making all these like moves and um he's like saying stuff i don't remember what he said but he's just like acting like like animal from the muppet babies oh. like just this little like rah, you know little guy <laughs> and i remember thinking like i remember i remember the feeling of oh that guy that's what I'm going to fight. Like, Oh, I got this. This is no big deal. Mm. And it was kind of in the dream, you know, making fun of him to myself, not like to other people, just to kind of calm myself down to like, no, like, okay, I got this. Like I can, I can do this. Like he's, he's not, he's not going to beat me in this boxing match. And so I'm behind him and there's like a fence or a, like a wall and he jumps over it to get up to the, to get up to the, the boxing ring. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I didn't think about that when we talked about this the first couple of times, but there's significance there. Yes, for sure. And um, I don't remember following up and over. I just, the next thing that I remember, like I'm in the ring, I'm in the ring. And when I get in the ring, the judge is in the ring with us. And I know it's usually like a ref, but in my mind, in that dream, that was the judge. He like the judge was there and he was, he was like a strong, like muscly guy and he was quiet mm -hmm. and he looked at me. He didn't say anything. He didn't look at me with any kind of like, you know, negative or positive look. He just kind of looked at me and he was wearing a life jacket, mm -hmm. like an old school life jacket. Those like orange colored ones. Yeah, he was just like calm, but he was the judge and he was in there with us. And then the bell rings and this guy just kind of like runs at me and he's like putting his hands up in my face and just like, he's not hitting me at all. Just like blurring my vision. And I remember thinking like, this isn't like, this isn't fighting like, what is this? Like, come on. Mm. And then I woke up mm. and I looked over at my phone and it was five o'clock sharp on Christmas morning. <laughs> I just love it. And I knew the five, the 5 a.m. was significant, but we'll get to that in a minute. So do you have a title for the dream? Yeah, I titled it Boxing Dream when I wrote it down in my phone right away because mm -hmm. I grabbed my phone and I was sleeping with my contacts in. So it was like super dry eyes. I'm like I'm barely able to <laughs> kind of like see and I'm just like typing and but yeah. Great job doing it anyway. Sometimes those kind of hindrances are like whatever, but good job doing it anyway. Yeah. Got it in there. You so, got it in there. But yeah, I wrote boxing dream because that's just what was like mm -hmm. on my mind when I woke up from the dream. Yeah. Um and I probably would give it a different title now, but we could, we could yeah. talk about that towards it? the end. What? We, no, go ahead, do it now. Tell me what you'd title it now, and then we'll go into it. 
it would it would be something with vision um it would it would be something about like the lord being my vision yeah that would be a big that was a big moment for me when we talked about it and um yeah so definitely part of that and i didn't wake up i didn't wake up from this dream like wanting more of it you know a lot of times my dream history like I'll wake up from dreams and I'll want to go back to sleep because it's like, oh, that dream wasn't finished. Like, I want to keep dreaming that dream. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've felt that a lot on many dreams. Hmm. And this one, this one wasn't the case. I woke up and I didn't, the dream felt done. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go back to sleep and like hit the guy, you know? Right, right, right. You were like, I know that was kind of the end of the message, the end of the moment. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, in in past times when you want to go back into the dream and finish it, is it because, oh my gosh, that was such a good dream. I want to go back to how good it was. Or is it more like, that wasn't done. I want to see this thing through. It's kind of both. Like usually my dreams that I remember, they're they're good dreams. I don't don't typically have dark, scary Mm -hmm. dreams or naked at school (laughs) dreams. (laughs) Although I'd, I'd be interested to have that dream. I wonder what God's trying to tell me. Oh man. The naked school dream. The naked dreams are really common dreams and they have a very cool, a very cool meaning. You just um, knew this one was complete. Yeah, I didn't I didn't need any more, yeah. I guess, or yeah. you didn't want any more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we first started talking about it, Jesse shared the dream with me and a couple other people that were in the room. And then I could you could just tell that he already had some understanding of of what was standing out to him in the dream. So, of course, he asked for my thoughts on the interpretation, but I could feel that I didn't want to jump in with anything until I, I asked him, like, what really stood out to him and what was resonating. And he was even like, do you want to hear my? I was like, yes, please. I want to hear what your interpretation is. And um, I'll let you tell this part if you want to. But the glasses part was kind of the the pinnacle, hence the title being about vision. Correct? I got super emotional. Yeah. In trying to describe that with one. you and with the family, which one. obviously wasn't expecting that. I mean, I've never been super emotional. Maybe as I've gotten older, I've gotten more emotional. And but I also think like as I've as I've grown spiritually, yep. um, I have more sensitivity to a lot of different things. I mean, now at church, like I'll cry during worship. I would never cry during worship like <laughs> 10 years ago. But yeah. I just, I have this growing sensitivity to the spirit, I guess. For sure. Say, which is For awesome. Sure. Yes. And so, yeah, the, when I had that revelation of what, what that part of the dream meant, when like I was wearing glasses and how hmm. I need to take, I need to take them off. I need to like, let God be my vision, although it's blurry and hard to not like see perfect through my own lens like I could do it and I have to like know that I can do it and be willing to like go into a fight into this boxing match where there's an animal trying to blur my vision and like know that like the judge is right there in the ring with me and I'm on- like, like all those things just clicked together more and more and more like when we talked about it and um was just really awesome it was really deep 
And I mean, yeah. that's just such an affirmation that that's the interpretation because when God moves our heart on that depth and you're, and you, where it was like your heart and yeah. the depth of the spirit met, you know, it was so personal. I just love that yeah. because we know we're on the right track with the interpretation. So that was so special. And of course the glasses stood out to me right away because they're so symbolic but then really once you shared that, the rest of it started to crack open. So let me tell yeah. um, kind of a little bit of what I was sensing. And this is really what I told Jesse in the moment after he shared that. I was like, wow, yes, this this really feels like the heart of it and the core of it. And I even had the song Be Thou My Vision was just going through my, my mind and my spirit as Jesse was talking about the glasses. And it was just really beautiful. There's a lot of symbolism in this dream, which I loved. And the starting at the golf course is, I mean, that's a way that God talks to you. So it was just like, yes, I get this. But golf courses can often represent like the course of our life. Like we're on our course. We are yeah. in route. And then so when the when the scene changed, it was like this affirmation that you didn't get off the course. This is actually a part of the course, even though mm. it looks a little bit different around you. And then as soon as you started to talk about all these big dudes and the fighting, I'm like, oh, this is warfare. This is spiritual warfare. And I discern angels in dreams a lot, and I have them in my dreams a ton, but they never really show up like this bright orb that says, do not be afraid. You know, they mm -hmm. always look like yeah. people or big mm -hmm. dudes that have, that look kind of scary maybe sometimes, or that have certain names that mean something. So as soon as you mentioned the guys who were fighting and then this guy gave you a singlet or a, a onesie, I was yeah. like, oh, this is definitely the angelic. And the guy that you so glad you didn't have to fight is a warrior angel. Like these are the, these mm. are the angels that you don't fight them. These are God's angels who are fighting on your behalf and who are a part of equipping you yeah. in this season to learn how to war with God's vision and the way that he wars. And so when you then told me the name of that Saturday Night Live guy, because you're like, oh, yeah. this guy who gave me this England, like I knew him. And his name was Michael. His name's Michael Longfellow. Yeah. So yeah. Michael. Like exactly. Angel. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you yeah. said Michael, I'm like, and confirmed. I was thinking yeah. it was angelic, but that just felt like ding, ding, ding. And the fact that he liked you and you guys were having that conversation is just so indicative of God's angelic army that he has on our behalf. Like they are, they are working with the Lord for us and God is training yeah. us in the ways of warfare. And so the fact that he gave you your singlet onesie moment, and it was this wrestling light, easy to move in. Wasn't it red? Did you say that? It was red. Yeah. Red. Yeah. I don't remember if you said that just now, but that was really significant to me when you said it the first time. Yeah. Because I think of, you know, the arm armor, and like going into a fight in armor, we think about that like David when he went into fight Goliath and Saul was like, here, put on my armor. You're going to need this. And it was like so big and cumbersome mm -hmm. and didn't fit him. And David's like, no, I'm going to go into the fight just like this with my slingshot. Like this is how I know how to roll. And mm -hmm. just the idea of armor being d looking different for each of us. And so the fact that yours was really light and really easy to move in and it was red, I knew, I knew immediately that it was the blood of Jesus that was covering you. And that, yeah. that that was your protection. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you needed to go in. So then Yeah, because I don't remember him giving me gloves, like in the dream, like the feeling of like, here's your gloves too. But like, ah. he just like gave me that 
protection. Like yep. just that, just that, that's it. That's all you need. All you need. Yeah. I think when we, when you brought that up, that hadn't like dawned on me at all. Mm-hmm. And that was powerful. That was powerful to like have a dream where an angel gives me the blood of Jesus to put on. That's crazy. That yeah. was so, that was so powerful. It still is to think I know, about. I, I feel the Holy Spirit so much right now. I have goosebumps on my whole body. And that going into, you know, this fight or this ring that is higher up, it was elevated, which to me, mm-hmm. that was one of the, that was one of the main things I I recognized right away too. It just felt like a, a spiritual warfare thing. Like you're in a higher, a higher space spiritually, that there's actually promotion in the spirit. This is, this is a part of you being promoted. This is a part of God training you and, and growing you upward. Right. Yeah. And I also think of the war in the heavenlies is just up to me, right? <laughs> Who knows if it actually is up, but the imagery we often see and think of is up. So I knew that had to do with the warfare. And then the, the clincher piece, when you said that the judge using the word judge was in the ring, I just thought, Oh my gosh, isn't that so stunning? Yeah. That's, that's the father. He, he's the judge and how yeah. like the father to, to show you how huge and strong he is, mm-hmm. even though he's not saying a lot. Yep. And he's in the ring with you. And the fact yep. that he was wearing a life preserver is so hilarious to me. To me, it just felt like he's yeah. the one preserving your life. I remember the feeling in the dream. I was like, why is he a life? <laughs> like there was, I didn't think about it. I didn't like dwell on it in the dream, but there was a question of like, why has he got that on? Um, it's but, not uh, usually what you see in a boxing ring. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to just emphasize that point that the preservation of your life and your safety is is in the blood of Jesus and the father's protection. He's the judge. He's the one in the ring. He knows when it's time and he knows how to train you and he's on your mm-hmm. side. And I also loved that the detail that the second time we talked this through with the fence or the gate. Yeah. Yeah. That that guy jumped over, which was totally felt demonic, right? This little guy. It's so like the way the Lord speaks about the demonic realm to us. Of, Look how small they are. Like, mm-hmm. They puff themselves yeah, up. Wants to be big. Exactly. Like, ooh, because I'm yeah. loud and scary and in your face. You know, because the enemy is so much louder often than the voice yeah. of God because his is still and small and constant. And the enemy is screaming. Just like mm. you said, trying to blur your vision. I mean, dang, isn't that a perfect illustration of what the enemy tries to do but it's really a lot of smoke and mirrors and when you really saw him you were like oh this is this is why biting he's really small mm-hmm. but the fact that he came over the fence or the gates this is this is the last time we talked about this i was like i forgot about that part and that mm-hmm. is exactly what it talks about in john 10 when yep. we start to talk about the good shepherd mm-hmm. and the one that the sheep know his voice and the enemy that comes to kill steal and destroy doesn't come to the gate he comes mm-hmm. over the fence. Yep. Oh, and when yeah. I had mentioned this to Jesse last time, that part, he's like, oh my gosh, you're never going to guess this, but we're starting to read John 10 in my Bible study like next week. Wasn't that what yeah. happened? Yeah. Like yesterday we went, yeah, last night was my Bible study and we went through John 10 and I'm just thinking about my dream, like Dang. as we're kind of talking about it all and, and Yeah. And then we had, you know, we had just come off of John 9, which is all about like Jesus heals a blind man. And so there's like vision Whoa. related there too. So Whoa. kind of like 
all ties into my dream wow as well. This is really what he's teaching you right now. The difference between totally. his voice and the enemy and how to how to war with his vision and not our fleshly vision, right? Is there any more you want to expound upon on the glasses thing? Like, does it feel specific to lenses or really just the way your way of thinking? Like a human well, way more, of thinking? Yeah, more about like my my way and not not God's way. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was just I was just thinking more about my dream and I remember when I took the glasses off in my dream mm. is blurry. Right. And so that's why I put it back on. I took them off again. But once I was like in the ring, I don't, I feel like in my dream, I, I wasn't like, it wasn't like a blurry situation anymore. It was like, I was totally fine. Mm. And you know, yeah. it is like that sometimes too. I think we take, we take our own way of seeing our vision off and the Lord gives us something new and it takes a little bit to adjust, but then we do. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like once you get used to it, once you get conditioned to like anything, mm -hmm. it can be so much better. Mm. His way is so much better. It's so uncomfortable at first, but his way is always better. And it usually feels really illogical. Like, why would I do that? Not necessarily in mm. the dream. It, it felt quite logical. Like I can't yeah. I can't have these glasses on. I'm going to poke my eye out. <laughs> yeah. Get punched in the face and then it's all over. I wanted to touch really quickly on the 5 a.m. part too, because that also jumped out at me because I know five is the number of grace. And it just felt like this kind confirmation that there is that, that you have all the grace you need in this season to actually learn his vision and to be trained in spiritual warfare and just to be learning what you're learning. Like it really is the time you're right on course. The grace of God is there. The blood of Jesus covers you and the father, the judge is the one preserving your life and he's in the ring with you. It's a very encouraging dream for me. I guess I think about how I've been just like trying and seeking and like wanting to just have a closer relationship with god and yeah and have been feeling it a bit as i because i mentioned like you know just feeling like more sensitive to things mm -hmm. um and in a lot of ways this dream for me like validated just just validated the that, that i'm on the right course that i should keep doing what i've been doing although it's hard to to stay consistent with mm -hmm. anything um and it feels good to, I guess, get a little wink from God that the feeling of like being elevated to a a different spiritual level yep. feels really good. Yep. And it's a part of maturity. And it's so it's so cool because often we start to experience something that feels harder or more warfare. And it can feel like, why is this happening? Why has everything gotten harder? Why does it feel like there's more of this tension? But in the kingdom it's usually a really good indicator because God doesn't take us out of things that are hard. He's all about promoting us and strengthening us. And that's actually a sign kind of like the military that you're in, you're in a, in a promotion time and that he's taking you higher and he's taking you deeper, just like you've been asking for and wanting. Yeah. And I also think about how there's probably a bit of a message in like, there's some hard stuff coming up. And you need to continue to like, let me be your vision and mm -hmm. 
Mm. Know that I'm in the ring with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want hard stuff to come up, but, and not to say that that's like this year, but just like in general, like, I think it's, it's almost just a reminder from God of like, Hey, yes, it's a fight. It's going to continue to feel like a fight and you're going to be uncomfortable. But, but you're ready and you're on course. And I just, I just heard, as you said that, you know, that song, this is how I fight my battles. Mm. Just like a new way to fight your battles. I mean, all of us, all of us, but yeah, he's showing you a new way to fight your battle. Anything else you want to say about the dream or? No, I, what I would say is it's been great to talk about it numerous times. I feel like I've got, I feel like I've squeezed a lot of juice out of this lemon and (laughs) I'm just really appreciative of your of your ministry and everything you're doing with just dream interpretation and bringing light to it. I have never like been a guy who journals or really talks about my feelings much at all. Um, but I'll tell you what, the next time I wake up with a dream, I'll definitely be writing it down. Because yes, you will. I know that it's it's there's something there's something in there for me from God. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And would you say, because I mean, you started to get the revelation initially with the glasses and then the stuff with the father in the ring, but it's still, some of the rest of it was still kind of veiled, like the stuff about the angels and the blood of Jesus on the Mm -hmm. singlet and those kind of things. Probably if you weren't talking about it or you didn't have someone to, to chat with it about or bounce it off of me, it would have been easy to kind of stop just at the, at the part of the yeah, which is still significant. Yeah, I wouldn't have like gotten the full meal. I definitely feel like I got the full meal out of this dream, which is yes. great. So yeah, it's just like important to talk about it more than once. And this is my plug. This is what I always tell the listeners. It's so easy to judge a dream when it comes up as nothing. I mean, this one obviously felt significant mm-hmm. and you knew that it was. But sometimes when they don't feel as significant, we're like, you know, whatever. I probably just ate pizza last night and that was why that. Mm-hmm. happened or I had that dream because I watched that movie last night and this is what God is showing me so much is that our, our minds think they're so wise this is the part of us even having our own lenses on like our fleshly minds are so doubt ridden and so logical that they will immediately take something that's veiled and allow it to be a wall of like ah there's nothing there toss yeah. but even just like the rest of your dream where once we just tapped on those symbols, it started to open up and like, mm-hmm. oh no, this is in there and this is in there and this is in there and this is in there. And I would say the vast majority of our dreams are that way. And we think we should just throw them out if they don't feel this way or that way. But I don't think so. I think the more we steward it and the more we write them all down and wait and, and learn our our relationship, our language with God in our dream life, the more we're going to get out of each one of them. So I'm, I'm encouraged that you're yeah. going to write it down next time. I'm going to be checking in on you. <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> you know interestingly my dad shared two maybe three dreams with me over the christmas holiday too i feel oh, yeah? like this was a yeah wow i feel like this was a significant holiday with that and dreams and on one of the last podcasts i was doing an advent reading and i read the story of joseph and how god encountered him in that dream mm-hmm. and I just when I, I remember when I rec- was recording it, I'm like, I think this is, I think this is a word. I think God is encountering mm. men in their dreams. And then mm. you and my dad both spoke up about it at Christmas. So 
Yeah. Any of you male listeners out there, if you had dreams around Christmas or New Year's, holla at me. I would really love to know. But <laughs> you are some of the first fruits of that. That's an honor. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jez. I just love you. And I love this dream. And honestly, I think it'll probably just continue to unfold and be layers to it. So, okay. I love you. I will talk to you soon. Thanks for being on the show. Love you too. Talk to you later.